Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's a Monday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. Chris, weathering the remnants of Henri that Henri. made landfall at some point over the weekend. Henri, got to get it right. Henri, ha, ha, ha. Avec fromage. But anyway, uh, everything fine. It looks like it wasn't nearly as bad as they thought it would be. No. It looks like wherever the direct hit was, even if it was big enough to be a direct hit, it didn't happen anywhere around you or in Stamford or on the mean streets of Greenwich or anything like that. So you're there. I'm here. You're there. And I know we were making contingency plans for you not to be there. So the fact that you're there tells me that everything's fine or at least as close to fine as it can be. It was a lot to do about nothing. I mean, it certainly wasn't like hurricane force storm up here or anything like that, nor, nor even what you would expect from like a tropical storm. It was just a lot of rain. That's all it was. And it's still raining though. That, that was the annoying thing about getting into the, the, the job here today was just the fact that, I mean, torrential downfalls, you know how it is. Like you're on the highway, you can't get close to the edge of the highway because there's so much water there in the sewers. You're afraid you'll hydroplane somewhere. So it was just kind of one of those stressful drives this morning. I grew up in a floodplain and roughly once per year, we would be awakened by a police cruiser in the middle of the night with the big beam that they would flash in your windows and a megaphone to tell you that flooding was imminent. Get up and move your stuff to higher ground. Wow. And that was just that was just part of life. You just accepted it. Once a year that would happen where the water's rising and if you don't want all your stuff to get ruined, you got to get moving. So that's the closest we came to ever having to deal with any type of a hurricane, but it would be the remnants sometimes of a hurricane. I remember Agnes early 70s. That was as bad as it got, and it rained and rained. It just parked itself over the Ohio Valley and uh, major flooding. So, yeah. And I know there's some horrible flooding in Tennessee over the weekend, flash flooding. Just yeah, up here I, every too, time I thing. hear any yeah. type of flooding, anything like that, it brings back memories of just having that water invade your house, and it's horrible, and it's awful, and there's often loss of life. And it just it, water is a, uh, an amazingly devastating thing. And it just it it's going to go where it's going to go, and it's it it can happen quickly. So uh, we're glad things weren't as bad as they could have been with Henri. And you're here, we're here, and we're going to talk about preseason week two that is almost completely in the books, but for the Monday night game where we will learn a lot about two quarterback competitions. We thought there would only be one. Apparently, there's two. We'll talk about that game coming <laughs> yeah, right. up, but they still want us to believe. There's a quarterback competition (laughs) in Jacksonville, i.e., please make us an offer for Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is still, he's so good, he's in the quarterback competition to be the starter (laughs) with the number one overall pick in the draft. What do you want to give us? Anyone? Someone? Falcons? You need a backup now. A.J. McCarron's injured. Cowboys, we're going to talk about that situation, too. Come on, somebody. I, I feel like that's what's going on, unlike with New Orleans, where there's a real quarterback competition, Chris, and, uh, 
I'm looking forward to seeing that game. I know we're not supposed to talk about it until later, but for reasons that I won't mention, we've got more space today than we otherwise would have when it comes to talking. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, what do you think, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, what do you think either of them needs to do to get the kind of edge that starts to make it clear? that one of them is going to be the starter against the Packers. I, I, I feel like it's Taysom Hill's job to lose. I, I, I've had that feeling all, all along. I think you know that. You know, again, for all the reasons we stated last week, right? I mean, with Taysom Hill, it, it, first off, you're right. It's a great preseason game to have. There's some storylines and some real evaluating. But, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill, we know he's Sean Payton's little toy, pet buddy, project, whatever it may be. He has a special skill set. I do think Sean Payton is, like, somewhat intrigued to run an offense with a quarterback like Taysom Hill. Big arm, can run. He hasn't had something like that. He's had Drew Brees, who is, you know, the model quarterback. I'm just going to pick you apart and be smart all through the passing schemes. So I think there's, like, some new life and energy with that, too. So I really look at it like Taysom Hill will have to play badly or less than, and Jameis Winston will have to play, you know, above average or have a really good night. I think to get the job because again, if you look at these little t- these little clips from Taysom Hill, uh, I, the quality of the football, some of the throws, how he looks in the pocket, to me is quarterback. I know he's a great athlete, and we're waiting to see if he can really play quarterback. But uh, the throws like that make me think, oh, this guy's got every club in the bag, and he can do it all. And the interception that we talked about last week. Listen, it's a mistake. I think the receiver was wrong. They'll get on the same page. I'm not worried about that type of stuff. But uh, I'm like you. It's going to be fun to watch both kind of these quarterback battles tonight. I continue to be concerned that unless Taysom Hill wins that job in a route, Sean Payton is going to be tempted to get both guys on the field. And it's easier to have a Taysom Hill package with Jameis Winston as the starter and have Hill out there all the time than it is to make Hill the quarterback and have Winston as the guy who's doing all the other stuff. That's not going to happen. So Taysom Hill's versatility, as I mentioned a couple of times last week, could count against him because Peyton may decide – why just have one? I've got two guys I can be proud of. I got the guy I discovered undrafted that no one else wanted that I've quietly developed into this jack of all trades, master of all trades. He can do anything and everything. And I have the guy that the Buccaneers couldn't wait to kick his butt out of town when his rookie contract expired. They gave up on him. I got him too. Let, let me show off what I can do with both of them. And that's why I think that whoever is listed as QB1, I just don't think it's going to matter. I think that Peyton's going to use whoever he wants to use whenever he wants to use them. We've talked about the possibility of the New Patriots England, right. using Cam Newton one week, Mac Jones another week. I think that Sean Peyton definitely is in a position, number one, to consider it, and number two, to pull it off. I, well, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think it'll be a full-time type of thing, but I do think, like, will there be a, maybe a package of plays for every game, whether they use them or not? I don't know. But where Jameis Winston is the quarterback and then Taysom Hill might be on the field doing something else, I wouldn't be shocked. You're right to throw a curveball at the defense or something like that. But to me, that's the million-dollar question. That's what you hear everybody talking about on TV, kind of what you're bringing up. You know, the Saints, do you put Jameis Winston at quarterback so you have Taysom Hill to do all the other stuff that you're talking about, let alone you can put him at quarterback every now and then and do a quarterback design run? Or do you make him the quarterback and now design an offense that – very few people at quarterback can run in the game. And then that can also make Sean Payton extremely creative because now you're worried about, you know, not only only the Sean Payton Alva Camara runs, but like we talked about before, the Taysom Hill quarterback design runs, the bootlegs, all the special things you can do with him that way. Uh, and I don't know, Mike, also, you know, so I think that adds a little bit of a schematical advantage, of course, to, to Sean Payton. The other thing that just jumps to my mind, and you just tell me if you agree here, you know, with no Michael Thomas to week eight, I would think you need Taysom Hill and the quarterback run game design and some of that element of your offense maybe to make yourself feel better or have one more element to make a defense feel scared a little bit. Uh, but, but I don't know. That's where my head's at. You know, you tell me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong or crazy I, or whatever. 
I don't disagree with that at all, but I just think that if you want to get your 11 best guys on the field, yeah. it's possible that your top two quarterbacks are two of your best 11 and you find a way to keep them on the field, especially when Hill can do all those other things. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens tonight and where it's all heading 20 days from now when the Saints take on the Packers to start the 2021 regular season. Let's flip it over since we're in the neighborhood and talk about the Jaguars, the team that will take on the Saints tonight. Trevor Lawrence, and it's it's early. We've seen one game from him. We've seen two from Zach Wilson. So far, your assessment of Wilson versus Lawrence, it it's it's got a chance. <laughs> it's to got be, a chance. You're right. It's got a that. chance. That's right. Wilson looks apart. Let's just say that, nonetheless. Yeah. And Trevor really didn't last week. And I don't know how much of that is a product of him not being the guy, this whatever game they're playing with Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. But hey, you know what? If he can't beat out Gardner Minshew, then you know maybe 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 you are into something with Zach Wilson. Maybe they shouldn't have just assumed that Trevor Lawrence was the automatic number one pick, the best prospect since Andrew Luck. And this is nothing against Trevor Lawrence, but what we're hearing from the team and what we're seeing with our eyes tells us that it's not as eye-opening and jaw-dropping as we thought it was going to be. It could all change tonight, right. but that's kind of what we're waiting for. Yeah, no, you know, it, it's still, I think there's a lot of positives there, you know, to what you're saying. Like, hey, yeah, it's all, Zach Wilson belongs. You know, stop all the hating or the, the other storylines to put him down. He's proven enough that he's worthy of where he was picked or, you know, being the starting quarterback, no doubt about it. Yes, you know, this is to me one of the things that was kind of lost in translation because – you know, Trevor Lawrence was at Clemson, right? And he's playing big-time football. Zach Wilson ran more of a pro-style offense than Trevor Lawrence. You know, so I, w I really think there's more of an adjustment for Trevor Lawrence as far as thinking, mentality, going through reads and things like that. You know, Clemson, a lot of the times it was, wait, fake it to ATN, and this guy's going that way, and that guy's going straight, and I'm just going to pick one of the two, and whoever's open, I'm going to throw it. You know, now there's a little bit more thinking pre-snap, reading plays, and I think that's what we saw last week a little, Mike. Like, remember him holding the ball and taking some sacks and things like that? Him kind of just trying to figure out and think about, man, what am I seeing? What's my read here? His first sack of the game, he had somebody open short. I think he got greedy thinking he might get something down the field. So he just got needs a little polish, and I don't doubt that one bit that he'll get it. The ball looked good coming out of his hand. And, uh, yeah, tonight will be another good test for him just to see where he's at against his Saints defense. Here's the important thing to remember as we pivot to talking about one of the other quarterbacks taken in the first round this year. Five quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. The chances that that coin flip, and I know the coin flip is more recently rigged toward the guy being a good player. We see that more often than not. The bust rate is dropping because they're doing a good job scouting the quarterbacks. They're doing a great job of utilizing them in the way that they played in the college offense. Yeah. But even in 2018, what happened to Josh Rosen? One out of five, gone. Yeah. Sam Darnold at a crossroads at best. The other three guys, that's good. 60%. That's good. But hey, between the five who were taken in the top half of round one, you can't assume all five are going to be great. And right. any of the five, whether it was got taken first, 15th, or anywhere in between, can end up being a bust. So with that said, third overall pick, the guy the 49ers gave up a lot to move from 12 to get, Trey Lance. Last night, slow start at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. Came, I mean, at one point, his passer rating late in the first half was 0.0. .0. Yeah. Woke it up a little bit, came out of it, all in all, he was 8 for 14, 102 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, two sacks, and one carry for eight yards. You more concerned about the rough start, or are you more encouraged by the stronger finish? Well, I mean, a little bit of both. You know, I mean, hey, the, 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 the finish is encouraging because you saw him calm down. He started to make a few throws, played in the pocket a little bit better, those type of things. Now, you know, again, context. Yeah, it wasn't against a first or a second team defense when he did some of that stuff, you know. So, you know, there is that aspect. But I think for the second week in a row, what we saw at the start of the game, 
you know, reared its ugly head for a period or for a few series, just like we saw in, in the in the first preseason game, where, you know, a little bit of like um, deer in the headlights. And I don't want to mean like he's overwhelmed physically, but a little bit like, wait, I'm in the pocket. It's collapsing. Where do I get the ball out? Do I throw it away? You know, is there a back that I can check the ball down to? Instead, he takes a sack. Those type of things. You know, then, of course, the throwing, Mike, as you heard me say last week, right? My big point was... Every throw is a, a fastball, 100 miles per hour. You know, and you look at, like, the missed third down conversion on his first series and then the interception on his second series, you know, that's just it, – it's it's on him. It's an inaccurate, too hard of a football over the middle that, you know, of course is going to lead to bad things. And we saw the ball goes up in the air. It gets intercepted. So I'm still concerned with the ability to – throw and dissect people from the pocket I think to a degree but there is still some high-end talent to love and like about the player certainly and I mean there's there's I'm excited about him I am nonetheless he's just raw and he needs to play more and more he did have one throw that was not the frozen rope right the one down the right sideline as you would call it right down the right sideline yes. of Sherfield late in the first half. That right. was part of the waking up out of that funk he was in. That was encouraging because yes. you had me prepositioned and his play had me further reinforced to be constantly looking for laser beam, laser beam, laser beam. That was more of a rainbow. It was. And it, it shows that he's starting to learn that you can't constantly – be putting your whole arm into every throw that you make. No no doubt about it. That's what we got to see from him. That's what I mean by, you know, different clubs in the bag, diversity in throws and those type of things. Come on. You know, you and I, we're fr- we love watching Drew Brees and Rodgers and because of Mahomes, all the different types of throws. Yeah. You know, we know Rodgers and Mahomes can throw lasers, but the ability that they have to stand on their back foot and loft the ball over a defender and just drop it in the bucket right into the receiver's hands, that's where they're special. And that's where I don't know about Trey Lance being able to do that consistently yet. You know, again, I, I see the top-end ability and the pop in his arm. I mean, both touchdown passes, quick release, bam, on the money, love it. I just, I, I just haven't seen enough yet to know, is that going to be him consistently? Can he do that all the time? And that's what we got to continue to watch for. But I think the encouraging thing is kind of what you said, Mike. He he worked himself out of it. And I think that's the positive thing where Shanahan can go away and go, man, even though he was in a little funk here early on and didn't he took some sacks and threw some inaccurate balls, he wasn't so flustered that it affected him the next three or four drives and he fell apart. He battled back and, like you, like you said, made a great two-minute drive there at the end of the first half. And uh, I think gave them something, you know, positive to build on. You know, as we talk about the extent to which Trey Lance is firing the ball in, it reminded me of a dynamic I became aware of when I was in high school. And you were either not born yet or in diapers. I think you were in diapers. Then again, there's still a chance. That <laughs> I you still am. <laughs> but but uh, the Elway Cross. Are you familiar with the Elway Cross? Yes, let's go there. Let's do that. Go ahead. Of course I the am. Yes. He, at Stanford, just right. down the road from Santa Clara or up the road, depending upon where Santa Clara is in relation to Palo Alto. I still think it's a little up the road. Uh, broken fingers routinely sure. from Elway right. with his college receivers. I'm sure it's still happening in the NFL, too. And the Elway cross, the imprint of the point of the football, leaving a bruise on the body of the receiver in the shape of the cross where the four panels of leather come together. So, you know it's it's a staple for quarterbacks with big arms to fire the ball and it's up to the receiver to find a way to catch it no 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 doubt you know and this is where listen we don't have the video today we got a little problem I wish we could show some of these throws okay I'm not trying to be a jerk to anybody in the company or anything like that sometimes you don't have to try I know I'm doing it bam here I am because I want I'm excited to show some of this video but like you 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 bring up, like, a, 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 I mean, a great point, first off. Yeah, power in the arm is important. It allows an offensive coordinator to call plays and do things that he wouldn't be able to do. Trey Lance has that. There's no doubt about it. But where it has to be refined a little bit, at least in my opinion, you know, one is, like, I got into this with somebody on Twitter a little last week. Pete Demolitis will tell you. Because Lance, I think, pure power can throw the ball when he wants to throw it as hard as he can. 
he can throw it almost as hard as Josh Allen and Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. It's right up there with them. But the problem is he doesn't have the control when he does it. You know, those guys can throw their 103-mile-per-hour fastball and paint corners and put it wherever they want. Lance, as we've seen, it could, it could be right down the middle of the plate, but then the next throw could be four feet behind the guy and no spiral. And whoa, whoa, we got video, baby. But see, even that ball there, Mike, rifle. But this is what I want you to peep a little bit as we go and watch him. The ball doesn't spin very much. And it usually has a wobble. You know, this is like he's a little bit of a knuckleball thrower. Now, that was perfect on the money, but I think that's why you see some of these drops and some of these balls missed a little here. Now, this is what he did at North Dakota State. Look to the left, either a go route or an out route, and he rifled in cuts over the middle. I mean, that was like 70% of his college tape right there. But again, do you notice the ball there? How there's not tremendous spin or spiral, and it has a wobble. And... That, to me, of course, shows maybe lack of control of the football. And anybody will tell you, receivers, quarterbacks, balls like that are hard to catch. It's like a cement brick coming at you all the time. You know, Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, they could throw the ball that hard. But since the ball spins so fast and it's a perfect spiral, it's easy to focus on a, a target as it comes into your, your hands. Your eyes can stay right on that cross like you're talking about with Elway. And because of the perfect spiral, it just digs right into their hand. Now, if the ball's wobbling and doing like this, all of a sudden the point hits the palm and you might drop it and do those type of things. And that's just, again, where I'd like to see Lance clean it up a little bit and become a little more efficient. Help me understand this. Yeah. How can he put that much velocity on the ball if it's not spinning? We're always led to believe that the way to get the most out of a football and have it cut through the air, that weird shape, is to spin it and it slices through. How is he getting so much mustard on it if it's not spinning? Yeah, well, because you could still throw it with pace without spinning. It's a little bit with his motion and some of the things he does that way that just don't cause it to come off his hand like – you know, when we saw Patrick Mahomes in the divisional playoff game in that Colts game, remember that? I saw him warming up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I The ball's whistling. I can't believe how fast it's doing that. He doesn't have that coming off his hands yet. There's things he needs to fix with his arm positioning and the rest of his mechanics that would help that out, and he can do that, I think. I mean, again, what I would think, you tell him to do? What would you tell him to do right now? Well, the, the biggest thing I would tell him to do is probably, you know, he has this throw where he does this and then his arm goes back. I mean, anybody watch him out. He wings it around with his arm and and then he does this as he warms up every throw. Oh, that's what he does. You know, it needs to be more through here like that, a smoother motion to go like that. The ball will roll off the hands and throw perfect spirals. And if you watch Brady or Rodgers, that's how they throw the football. And that's why they throw such a catchable football that way. So it's refining that way, you know, that hopefully he can get. But we saw some encouragement there, and uh, I do like his skill set. One thing I'm going to say, Mike, I know I have my quarterback rankings and all that stuff. Man, all five of these guys look good. I don't look at any of them and go, I see definite bust in this one. You know, I think Lance is maybe the most raw so far, but damn, they all look good and have talent and something that I look at and go, they still, they could be something. They could be something special. That would be amazing if the 2021 quarterback draft would go five for five with guys who not just land on the pass side of pass fail, but become consistent right. contributors to contending teams and make their way into the top 10. That's see, that's the problem, especially with so many older quarterbacks still hanging around and playing at a high level, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. younger guys that are playing at a high level. You can't, you know, at some point, a good quarterback is going to be viewed as not good. Cause he'd be playing for a team that isn't good. And Oh yeah, he gets decent numbers, but his team's four and thirteen. So, is he really a franchise quarterback? Right. That that just that ups the ante for everyone. If you have five great young quarterbacks coming into the NFL, that puts more pressure on the guys who are already there to step it up, or they're going to fall off. One of the reasons why Russell Wilson is dipped in your rankings. Other younger guys are starting to jump him. No doubt, it's a, it's talent. I mean, look at these guys. I mean, Zach Wilson's coming to the league. Oh, he's from BYU. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care. He looks like Aaron Rodgers from the second he stepped on the field throwing lasers. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, okay, it wasn't perfect, but he looks the part. I mean, Justin Fields, come on. 
I know it hasn't been against the first team defense, but it's it's a highlight show to this point. Mac Jones is just wheeling and dealing like he's been in the NFL for six years. He looks like he's been like you know training with Tom Brady and knows the offense in and outs. And then Trey Lance, we see yes, yeah, all over the place, but we've seen a few like whoa, look at that right there. Damn, that was good. So. It's an impressive group, and you're right. It's going to be about the support system and the ability to continue to grow. And most importantly, as we know, regular season football is different than the preseason. Can you consistently make the right decisions, the right throws, the right plays, all those type of things? Uh, but it's, it's a good start for all of them so far. One carry for eight yards, as we mentioned last night, for Trey Lance against the Chargers. And that play involved a tackle up the sideline that made me just a little bit nervous because you got a quarterback yeah. in Jimmy Garoppolo who can't stay healthy. And I think one of the things that Kyle Shanahan wants to see from Lance is does he know how to protect himself? I think so, too. Do you think they're deliberately not unleashing him as a runner in part to keep him healthy? And number two, kind of to hold something back. You, let's not let everyone know what yes. they're going to face when the time comes. Let's just let them see when week one rolls around. Right. Let, let's just let them see when week one rolls around and let's work on the things that we might not be good at here. I mean, to me, it's like alarms are going off. I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike, because I, I mean, I wanted to talk about this today. I mean, yes, yeah, Shanahan's holding it back. He doesn't want anybody to see. He doesn't. And that just, again, to me, believe, makes me believe that yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo might be the starter week one, but Trey Lance is going to have a package of plays ready. Uh, I, I mean, the fact that we haven't seen one design quarterback run yet, to me, would scare the death out of me if I'm the Detroit Lions because that means Shanahan's psycho time. He's, build, he's building an offense and all these crazy runs, and you're not going to have any idea until it hits you in the face week one, and that that is scary, and I do think there's going to be an element of that, and I think, of course, them not showing that you know, makes me feel even more that they're going to unveil it at some point early in the year. And just to put a button on the point we made earlier about the ability of Trey Lance and the necessity of him taking some of the heat off of his passes, here's the throw we were discussing earlier down the right sideline late in the first half, oh, turning beautiful. around what was a rocky start. And, uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that we need to see. It's the variety right. in that the, the, the speed, the arc, everything, showing that you have mastery of the position, exactly. not just crank it up and fire it every time. Yeah, exactly right. You know, hey, it's it's one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. George Kittle's got a linebacker behind him. I need to loft it up and put it up there to where my guy can get it and nobody else can. I mean, yes, it's those type of throws, and that, that was the first time we saw that. Very encouraging. So it shows you that it's it's in his toolbox He's just got to get comfortable and confident throwing those type of footballs and just doing it and getting better and better at it to where, you know, he can do it and not think about it. And it could be a flick of the wrist, just like we see from Rodgers, Allen, or Mahomes, where we go, it doesn't even look like they're throwing it. They're just flicking it. And it's like, no, actually, they're doing a lot of things mechanically perfect, and they know how to just make it look like they flick it to throw those balls soft. So hopefully he can get there. Uh, but but I, I again, I think you should be excited what we see with Trey Lance. It's not perfect, but I don't know, Mike. I don't know. Well, ultimately, let's Chris, talk. Yes, go ahead. What we think about it doesn't matter. What anyone else thinks about it doesn't matter. There's one guy oh. whose opinion of Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo matters. Here's your guy, Kyle Shanahan, after the game last night, talking about whether or not anything has changed to alter the presumption that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter week one against the Lions. No, I haven't seen that. You know, I would love for um, it to be more and more each week, but, you know, I think the situation is pretty similar right now. And did, did, did you make an announcement? Is Jimmy Garoppolo your starter week one? No, I'm not making that announcement. Let's try it <laughs> Whenever I feel like it. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It, it. What is he? I, I guess I do get it because I've said in the past, the plan is there is no plan. The plan is we're just going to see how the plan reveals itself to us. We're going to go out there. We're going to have our practices. We're going to play our preseason games. And we will know when it's time to flip from Garoppolo to Lance. And I take from what he said, Chris, the first question and the second question, Yeah, nothing's changed, but I'm not going to name Garoppolo the starter. 
there's still three more weeks and something can happen in the next three weeks to make Kyle Shanahan say, now's the time. No, if it doesn't happen the next three weeks, it could happen the next four weeks, five weeks. But that door is going to stay open for Lance to get to the point where Kyle Shanahan says, this is the moment where he supplants Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback of the team. No doubt. I mean, I think that answer just shows you right there, first off, that, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, it's been good. He's He's not blowing the doors off. You know, and Jimmy Garoppolo, again, you know, hey, you're supposed to be Johnny in the pocket quarterback accurate passer. If you're going to go out there and throw in inaccurate passes and get them intercepted, then damn, we might as well play Trey Lance. What's the point? You know, so I, I think there's got to be some aspect of that. You know, listen, I, I, I'm really torn here with this one, Mike. I was just going to ask you where to go with this. Like, I, I, I just, I'm Jimmy Garoppolo is just not special to me. It, it, it's, it's just. He's pretty average. He's below average NFL starting quarterback, in my opinion. And I I just feel like uh, there's almost a part of me that just goes, you know what? You're the 49ers. You're Kyle Shanahan. I've seen you do this with RG3 already. And this team's way better than that Washington team you had in RG3. Maybe you just start Trey Lance. And yeah, it might not be pretty. But we could see he could start off bad and battle back like we saw last night. Or nonetheless... I just feel like it'll be a very short leash for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, like you're talking about, where even if they win the first two games and it's not real like, wow, our offense is killing it and hitting on all cylinders, I think it's going to be Trey Lance time. I, I really do. I just think like all the signals say that they're at their wits ends with Jimmy G from what we've heard the last year, or year, year and a half, and then Shanahan still not naming a starter and doing those type of things. Uh, I just think it's probably closer in his mind than than maybe we all think. Look, for me, it was a no-brainer. The moment that they make the move, giving up the 12th overall pick in this year's draft, next year's first rounder, the 2023 first rounder, and a third rounder to move up for one guy. You're ultimately getting one guy, and you gave up all that stuff to get one guy. And regardless of the talk and the speculation about who it was going to be. Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? Whatever it is, you don't make that move if you're not ready to make that guy your quarterback. And I thought at that moment, that's it for Jimmy G. Now, it's entirely possible they decided we are going to play this cool. We're going to play this coy. We're going to keep our cards close to the vest. We're going to sit and wait for the possibility of a Sam Bradford type of a trade from 2016 where the Eagles got flat out lucky and were able to unload Bradford for a first round pick and a fourth round pick after the Teddy Bridgewater injury and go with Carson Wentz as a rookie in 2016. Maybe that happened. Yeah. Or all else fails. And look, we are eight days away from cutting the rosters to 53, but more importantly, we're 20 days away from the first game. And at some point it's like, if you're on the roster, And I don't know when the drop-dead moment is. It's probably 4 p.m. Eastern, the day before the first game. If you're on the active roster, your salary is, if you're a vested veteran, guaranteed. I still think at some point before Jimmy Garoppolo's $25 million becomes fully guaranteed, they're going to go to him and they're going to say, we can't justify paying you $25 million. We'll pay you twelve, and we'll put together an elaborate incentive package where you can make the other twelve back. If you play all year and we win the Super Bowl, you make it all back and you get your twenty-five. But I still think that's part of what may be coming because if you think you're ready to go with Lance, you have to look at it as a business. You have to look at it as how much you're paying Garoppolo, and if you're planning on benching him by week three against the Packers, why the hell are you paying him twenty-five million dollars? I feel like yeah. And and I, I, this, I look, I'm not patting ourselves on the back here. Maybe we're just wrong. Maybe everybody, everybody else is right. But nobody else mentions that angle. I agree, man. That's a real angle in all of this. And it just kind of gets overlooked. Oh, they got the money. Oh, they've already got their – oh, that's fine. No, it's not fine. And I know Jed York said at one point after the draft, well, if we have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $50 million and that's part of the investment to develop Trey Lance, so be it. BS, I say to that. BS. They're not giving. Mo- they're not in the business of giving money away to people who don't deserve no, it. No. And if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't deserve twenty five million, he ain't getting it. No, no. I mean, he might not deserve twenty five million, Mike. I mean, I think you bring up a lot of good points, and I would think that those are things that are kind of percolating around the brains of, you know, Shanahan and Lynch and and things like that. The the only thing I say that I guess backs me off a little bit about what you're saying to a degree is. 
what if what if Jimmy says no, right? And I know they got Nate Sudfeld goodbye, there. Goodbye, Jimmy. I know it's it been could be nice. goodbye. I know, but what? But but this is where I'm just saying maybe he has a little power here. And I know we've hit on this before. They're a Super Bowl team, the 49ers. Are they really rookie quarterback? Gonna go with him and not have a backup they trust here? Because Nate Sudfeld, I wouldn't trust him. There's no way. I mean, sorry if he has to play. You'll be right back in Nick Mullinsville, where I think, where you, he'll be screwing games up left and right. So uh, that's where I think he has a little power, at least just for this year, where they might go to him again. Can you take a pay cut? And he'll go, no, I got other teams out there. I'd rather go be a backup from them than go here and do that. I, th- that could be a scary possibility uh, I, for yeah, them. But, here, but, but Chris, but Chris, I hear you. If they offer to pay him, yeah. and I just, let's say 10 million. With right. the opportunity to make back 15, yeah. if he starts every game, stays healthy all year, they get to the Super Bowl and win it. You can put together a $15 million incentive package. And that, but the base amount's $10 million that becomes fully guaranteed week one. And this is how it goes. We've seen this happen time and again. It'll happen with other players this year. The player has to ask himself, okay, I got the bird in the hand at 10. It's September. Yeah. Everybody else's depth charts are set. Yeah. Who's going to pay me more than $10 million at this point to walk through the door and be the backup? The Patriots sure as hell aren't going to no, do it. They no. got Cam Newton and Mac Jones. That door slams shut right. the moment they pick Mac Jones. Who's going to pay him more than $10 million? Now, he could do it on principle. He could say, I don't want your $10 million. I'll take $5 million somewhere else. If he wants to be stupid, he's got the right to do it. Yeah. But that's one of the, the reasons why when you get to the – out years of a contract and the money isn't guaranteed and there's no trigger early in the offseason to force the team to make a decision, they can play this game and they do play this game and they can make you an ultimatum at a time when you've got no viable alternative. That's why I'm not taking my eye off of that angle. It may not come to fruition, but we have to keep our eye on that possibility. Yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy, Mike. Listen, another part of this I want to bring up, and then, you know, I, I mean, we might, who knows what we're going to get to in this show today. We got two or three subjects I think we could talk the whole show on. Like, you know, I, again, like what we're talking about here, and I do think there's going to be an interest, like you're talking about, to try to get Trey Lance in there. And 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 if, if Garoppolo doesn't play well, to make him the starter and do that. You know, when is the right time? You know, that, that's the other thing I just keep looking at here, too. I mean, the Lions and the Eagles are the start of their year. Is that the right time? You know, I, I do believe Shanahan could go, wait, I'm going to have some quarterback design runs with my running game more as normal with my running backs and all that, some bootlegs and some play actions. Think you're going to have Nick Bosa back and the defense is going to be ready to go. We can play a style of football where it might not be pretty, but we got to win a game 20 to 10 or 23 to 13 or something like that. I don't think it's that crazy. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I just want to go, go for it. Like just, just it's, it's time. Go for it. Play Trey Lance. You know, we heard Shanahan say he was the smartest quarterback in the draft. That's one of the things they love. He didn't turn the ball over in, in the, you know, in college football much. If he can learn, if he can trust him and just feel good that, wait, I trust him. And even the worst thing he'll do is take a sack or do something like that. Man, if, if I was at that point, and of course I don't get to see practice and all that, I, I think I would be leaning Trey Lance right now and just say the hell with it. We're going to start the Trey Lance era and we're going to grow as a football team. And here we go. But look at that peacock on the screen at week I know. three. There's so much talk about our week four game, and justifiably so, Buccaneers at Patriots. But week three, home opener for the San Francisco 49ers. After a couple of games that, if this was a college schedule, that that's how you would want to schedule it if you were a college team. Get a couple of road apples early so you can get ready for the conference slate. Yeah, right. And it's the perfect opportunity to work him in, build some confidence. I know. And then get ready for that game. When Matt LaFleur... Comes to town with Aaron Rodgers, Kyle Shanahan's got a chance to say, hey, Matt, you've only got Aaron for another year. <laughs> I got this guy. Yeah. I got this guy for 10. Right. So so check out check out what I've done with the guy who is far different from my prototypical quarterback. Yeah. This is my new prototype, the guy who can run and throw. Well, it. I, I just think that I'm, I'm starting to come around here. The way you know the schedule I mean? falls yeah. together, yeah. it makes sense to make Trey Lance your week one starter. 
it makes sense to do it. And uh, and then you get him ready for week three. That's when the season really begins. All due respect to the Lions and the Eagles, the season begins week three. Right. There's no good place to do it all during the year. I mean, it's never going to be easy. It's never. I don't know. I'm kind of the one that just goes, how about we just end, end training camp and hit it, hit the ground running to where you've been getting reps and we just keep it going. And now I'm going to formulate a game plan around you that nobody's seen yet. So he can make life easy on him. Uh, you know, like we said, we've seen him do it before. I think the big thing to me, just to, to whether he can pull the trigger on that or not, because I know Kyle in this, and I have no inside information on any of these topics, nothing. But I know enough to know about Kyle. The quarterback's got to be in the trust tree. He's got to be – if he thinks you're going to, like, mess things up or throw an errant ball, you know, down the middle on the regular and – you know, be careless with the football, then he won't play you. He can deal with mistakes, but if you're going to be careless with the football, he won't. He won't. He won't deal with that. And if Trey or he'll Lance, run the ball, he'll turn you into Bob well, Greasy. Right. That was when he had no options. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but but if he can trust Lance to at least take care of the football, you know, I'm I'm Aaron on it's go time. Like what what, what we know what Jimmy G is and. If he's your backup quarterback and Trey Lance doesn't do well and you feel like you got to bet him, Jimmy G will be able to step back, step in and be a pro and be ready to go if they do keep him as the backup. We know what Jimmy G is, and more importantly, they know what Jimmy J exactly. is. And that's why they gave up all that stuff right. to go get right. a new quarterback. All right. Well, it's up in the air for week one for the 49ers. It's not up in the air for the Chicago Bears according to Coach Matt Nagy. Justin Fields, not going to be starting. Andy Dalton will be. That said, we'll look at what both guys did in week two of the preseason when PFT Live continues right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the NFL, Justin Fields, Yikes. Andre Smith, illegal hit, helmet to helmet, helmet goes flying, Fields was okay, stayed in the game, he said after the game that it didn't really hurt, it just kind of cut his eye when uh, when the helmet went off, but look at that, Chris, that that is a hit, and it is an illegal hit. I know, it is, it's an illegal hit, he got a piece of his head, he's got to go lower, but yes, welcome to the NFL, I mean seriously, but the way Justin Field just reacts and handles everything, I think that's the most impressive thing about him so far, just pops up, doesn't show you know any emotion, just give me my helmet, let's go back to work, I mean been very impressed uh, with, with everything about Justin Fields at this point. I mentioned that Fields said after the game it didn't really hurt. Don't take my word for it, though, as if you ever would. Here's Justin Fields talking about that hit and some other stuff after the Bears' blowout loss to the Bills on Saturday. I mean, it didn't, it didn't really hurt, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that hurt was my helmet coming off and hitting me in the eye, but the actual hit, it, it wasn't, wasn't that crazy. The comments you made about the game being slow, it's your second preseason game. Yeah, and let me tighten that up because that came out totally wrong. Y'all just, act, uh, well, not y'all, but apparently the um, narrative was that I'm just that good that the game was too slow. But what I meant to say was I go up against our first-team defense a lot throughout the week. So me going against them and, you know, playing these preseason games – when starters aren't in, that's going to slow the game down for me. So 
Uh, again, I just wanted to clear that up because I, I don't want to come off as cocky or acting like I already made it because I know I have a lot of work to, to do and, and uh, get better at. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the game's not, you know, f fast out there. I mean, it's of course it's going to be football, but I, I, I go up against one of the best defenses, you know, in the NFL, you know, weekly. So um, uh, that's definitely uh, going to help me when I'm going against, uh, you know, the, the, the twos and threes out there. I'll say this, when he made the comment last week about the game being kind of slow, he did follow up by explaining that he faces a great defense That's in right. practice all the time. We pointed that out yes. at PFT. I think you and I talked about it last week. We are not among those guilty of warping what he had to say. But the lesson for Justin Fields is very simple. You can't drop the soundbite that is going to get everyone's attention and expect everyone to pay attention to the less interesting stuff yeah. that comes after it. You got to be very, very careful because people will take, whether they do it intentionally or whether they do it accidentally, they're going to love that soundbite and it's going to become the social media image and the quote's going to be there. And I think that's how I first saw it. And I went and looked at his, what he said. It's like, well, he didn't really say only that, but, yeah. but that's what happens because that's all that fits on the graphic and that's what's going to attract people's attention. So you got to be very careful not to create a soundbite like that when it does require an explanation after the fact because the explanation gets lost. Yeah, well, good for him for explaining. I mean, man, man he's been in, as impressive, you know, in front of the microphone as he's been on the f football field to this point. So, I mean, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, whether it's that comment right there and just clarifying it, doing all that, you know, what he said he about He was starting to get upset, though. He, you could see he was starting to, and he, and he held himself yeah, back. Yeah, like, he you did. Guys were, good. Oh, it wasn't you guys. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm good. He's got to, yeah, he's got to realize that because I do, you know, don't take it personal. You're right. It's some of these social media companies, and like you said, it only fits on the graphic. Andy Dalton became a, uh, uh, you know, got in trouble for that last week, too. You know, it was not the full context of his quote. It's my time. He said like nine other things before it and after it. I mean, come on. But, yeah, that's the what we're stuck in. He handled it well, and uh, he's really been, you know, really good on the football field, off the field. And even what he said about Andy Dalton, about the Bears fans booing him this weekend, like, perfect. Like, that's what a real man should do, a real leader should do. I give him a lot of respect for that. Don't take Chris's word for it. Here's Justin Fields talking about how he reacted to hearing the fans cheering for him when Andy Dalton was in the game. Yeah, I, I, I noticed it. Um, of course, you know, the fans are awesome uh, getting me out there, but they also have to realize, you know, Andy's a human being too. Um, Andy's out there on the field right now. So I really just think it's kind of disrespectful to Andy, uh, you know, them cheering, cheering my name out like that. And, um, you know, they have to, you know, trust in coach to, you know, make sure he's making the right decisions and, um, you know, just cheer Andy on. Like there's no, that's not helping Andy uh, play better than cheering my name. That's, that's not doing none of that. So, um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, my, my advice to them would be just cheer uh, for, for who's out there playing on the field. I'm going to take what you may think is a hard right turn here. But when I saw those quotes, the first thing I thought of was Tebow mania. Thank Remember you. when all that was going down in oh, Denver, you know, billboards it. were up. Everybody wants Tebow. He never said a single word. Along the, the lines of what Justin Fields said, right. support the guys who are on the field. It's not about me. It's about the guy who's on the field. He never said one word. He just let it all go. And, well, I'm not doing it. I didn't say anything. No, everyone else is saying it for you, Tim. No, I mean, you know, we've discussed this. That I was on that Broncos team the year before. I know that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in that Broncos locker room about Tim Tebow and the fact that he never made those comments or tried to, you know, help Kyle Orton out. He let the, the conversation fester all in his favor and let, let it continue to boil up. A lot of respect for Justin Fields right there. That I mean, that's the kind of leadership that's going to get the locker room, even the quarterback you're competing against, his wife, everybody to be like, man, this guy's good. Like, I like this kid. He can lead us wherever he wants to go. You know, he's, he's shown special, special qualities like that. Uh, to this point. And, and I get it. I listen, I, not that I'm Justin Fields or anything like that, but I went through something similar at the university of Texas where they'd boo me or boo major Applewhite. And I used to want to be like, you fair weather, Texas fans, get the hell out of here. Are you a Texas fan or a person fan? What the hell are you get the hell out of here? I always thought that was disrespectful to both of us. So I get where he's coming from there too. 
Of course, the unintended consequence of Justin Fields saying what he said is it makes him more endearing to Bears fans and makes them more intent on wanting him to play. No doubt. So, you know, th- there is potentially some next-level evil genius going on here, but I'm just kidding. He, I, 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 I'm just kidding. Trust me, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it will make people want to see him play. Yeah. Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, made it clear after an underwhelming performance by Andy Dalton. The Bears got blown off the field by Mitchell Trubisky and the Bills. Blown Justin off. Fields had a nice throw, nice run, survived that helmet-to-helmet hit. Nagy said after the game, Andy Dalton is the week one starter, period. Not just the guy at the top of the depth chart for now. He will start week one. We need to see him in the regular season. This meshes with everything I've heard all along, Chris. He was promised the job. They're not going to go back on that promise. Dalton will start. The question is, how long will it last? And it's going to depend upon what he does against the Rams, against the Bengals, and however long he lasts on the field as the team's quarterback. Yeah, I I mean, I know. That seems to be the continued theme. You know, my only thing is, why? Why? Why, 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 why? Like, I mean, I promise. Did you give him a promise ring too? Like, did you have a promise ring? Like, here you go. You can start week one. Like, get the hell out of here. This is the NFL, okay? I Listen, I have a lot of respect for Andy Dalton. I know he's done some really good things. This is the only play that happened that was positive while he was in there. An all-out blitz, jump ball, good catch by Adams, touchdown. Okay, I mean, that was really it was it was a good, great throw. I'm not trying to take anything away from it or anything like that. But but like my big thing is, you know, I mean, first off, we know what Andy Dalton is. We know what the Matt Nagy offense and the Bears are, and it's not that good. Okay, it's just not. And you could talk I I, coaches, defensive coordinators, whoever around football. No one's going to sit there and tell you like Matt Nagy's offense is like, you know, breaking the creative meter in, in, in offensive football. No, it's not. To me, like, Justin Fields is the number one schematical advantage the Chicago Bears have on their offense. They don't have a great offensive line. Justin Fields can help it with his moving his pocket, the threat of his running, the quarterback design runs. That'll help them out. You know, so from that aspect, and he's going to make the pass game, which is very ordinary for an Andy Dalton drop back type quarterback to where he's going to make it more complex because of the things he can do. Like Shanahan and the 49ers have some flexibility. They have a really good team and they have Shanahan, who no one would argue is one of the best offensive minds in football over the last 10 yards, 10 years. Nobody's saying that about Matt Nagy. The Bears are not as talented as the 49ers, nor do they have a Jimmy Garoppolo. And Fields continues to show that was a nice throw. Variety in throws, you know, the athleticism here. Again, this is a game plan play, but I just it these are game plan plays that are gonna work extra good with Justin Fields because of his ability to do boots and runs and do things like that. So I I I again nice I nice catch too. I great Hell of catch. A catch too. You know, he misses this throw here. And again, this is what he's gonna have to work on is Yes, I'm not sold he's going to dissect you in the pocket with his passing yet. You know, we haven't seen him against quality defense or the starters or anything like that. But nonetheless, the throwing's good enough, and he's good enough in the pocket to where I go, man, start the era now. Like, yeah, that's less than. It's not going to be perfect. But okay, he's going to bring other things to the table that the other quarterback doesn't have. And I, I don't know, Mike. This one I feel like I'm totally adamant about. Start Justin Fields, get it going. He's your only chance if you really want to win this year. For me, they need Justin Fields on the field. Week one, it will not be Justin Fields unless we see a Fields package. It will be Andy Dalton. By the way, I know it's been a few minutes, but I can't let this go. Perfect product placement. We've already heard from the folks at K Jewelers. A promise takes place in the heart. A promise ring makes the commitment unforgettable. (laughs) For every promise you make to your true love, a BFF, your faith or yourself, the perfect promise ring makes it official. There we are. That was all gratuitous, but maybe maybe the official sponsor of BFT Live, the K Jewelers promise ring. All right. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't know, Mike. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way I feel. I know they promised Andy Dalton and all of that. I get it. Uh, but I, I just think it's inevitable. And to me, a little bit like the I promise you you're going to play and start, all right? And this, this is not – and maybe I'm wrong. But to me, I, I, I do wonder if the Bears are playing the politics of this right now. 
Oh, uh, no, you don't think so? No. Yes. No. I'm oh, touching okay. my nose. You yes. know, Andy Dalton, we're going to start him. And, oh, yeah, we were 0-3 or 0-4. But, look, when Justin Fields came in, we he played well. And, look, the future's bright. Keep us one more year. Keep us another year as your coach. You know, instead of, like, oh, well, yeah, you could start Justin Fields and it might not go well and then it doesn't look good on you and I don't know what happens, but – I don't know. I get a little feel that there's more politics here than like, let's just try to go win games right away off off the bat week one. And this isn't just Matt Nagy. This is the general manager, Ryan Pace. Yeah. And I think at some level, it potentially is the team president, Ted Phillips, who's been in the job more than 20 years. And when you look at the history of head coaching hires and GM hires, whether it is Mark Tressman at one point is the head coach whether it was that GM guy, Phil something, Phil Emery, Phil something, Phil yeah, Emery. Yeah. I mean, over the skis types of judgment, all due respect to Tressman and Emery, exercised by Ted Phillips. It could be that they're all in the same boat. And this is, don't judge us based on Justin Fields' performance this year. Judge us based on his performance next year. This year is the prologue yeah. to next year. So whether it's Andy Dalton goes wire to wire like the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in 2017 when Nagy was the offensive coordinator. Mahomes started a meaningless Week 17 game against the Broncos. But whether it's Dalton keeps the job or whether it's Field saves the bacon after the cause is lost, I think that – and look, I don't think you – now, it is the Bears and they have made some bad decisions when it comes to these types of situations. I don't think you authorize giving up next year's first-round pick, Chris – if you're going to run Matt Nagy out the door after one year. I wouldn't with think Justin so. Justin Fields. Because there's no guarantee you're going to get a coach who wants Justin Fields, and then it's a matter of time before Fields is gone and you go find somebody else. Maybe he needs that vote of confidence from the front office and people go, hey, if you start Justin Fields and it doesn't go great, you know, we're not going to hold it against you. We know he's a rookie. or so, you know, Maybe that's what he needs. You know, maybe, you know, I, I know Matt Nagy is a good guy, People like him and everything like that. Maybe it is just, you know, the fact that he promised Andy Dalton and he's too loyal and he's just not going to go back on his word. I understand that. You know, it's a tough, it's a fine line. It is. I know, like you said last week, you know, when you get a reputation for kind of being a liar as a coach and you make a promise like that, yeah, guys in the locker you get the, room. You, gonna, get, you get a job as the analyst at Monday Night Football for yeah, nine years. <laughs> well, guys are going to look at the corner of your eyes. But at the same time, if one guy is just showing out and showing unbelievable ability and the guy you promised hasn't looked that great or nothing's been special to this point or anything like that, you're also going to get the side eye because guys in the locker room are going to go, are we really trying to win week one or I, I know what are we doing? Because that guy seems to be the best one and we're not playing him. Why is that? So I, it's a tough situation Matt Nagy's in. And again, this is one where I, I, I don't doubt with, I mean, blink with this one. I would go with Justin Fields right away. I know they got to play the Rams, and that's not going to be easy. But I look at it and go, they got no chance of beating the Rams with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. You got Justin Fields. Maybe you can take that approach like you brought up with Shanahan. All of a sudden, we got a bunch of quarterback design runs and things you didn't prepare for. You don't know what it's going to look like. And now we catch you off guard, and all of a sudden, maybe we upset the Los Angeles Rams. To me... I don't know. That may I know I'm I'm dumb and crazy at times, but I'm just with these young quarterbacks, just go. It's go time. Let's let's go. And I really feel that way about, you know, Fields in Chicago. 2012, Pete Carroll makes Russell Wilson the week one starter instead of Matt Flynn, a guy to whom they gave ten million dollars fully guaranteed at signing, which was a lot back then. The comment was how brave of Pete Carroll to go against the grain. No, no. The brave thing to do would have been to start Matt Flynn because there would have been a revolt if he had started Matt Flynn, because everybody in the building knew that Russell Wilson was better. So that's going to be the challenge. If they see, they being the other guys who are going to be on that 53-man roster, if they believe that Fields is the better option and Nagy's going with Dalton because of some promise that was made, no, veteran players want to win. They want the guy on the field who gives them the best chance to win. So only they know what their assessment is from inside the building. Outside the building in Chicago – it's over. It's yeah. unanimous. Right. Everybody wants Justin Fields. Right. All right, let's take a break. In Dallas, everybody wants Dak Prescott. He's not 100% now. Will he be 100% even when he's playing? Some interesting comments that emerged this weekend. We'll break them down next here on PFT Live. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.